Welcome to another episode of the Gulag, guys. I know I only said I'm doing one episode a week usually, but after what happened yesterday, I felt it necessary to kind of do an impromptu episode here. Um, So let me just start it off with a quote, and I'm going to paraphrase this quote. I don't have the quote directly in front of me, Um, but it's it's a quote by Martin Luther King about civil disobedience. It basically says that if you disregard the law because your conscience sees the law as unjust and you're willing to accept the penalty or imprisonment or whatever it may be as a consequence in order to wake up your fellow citizens that said law is unjust, this can be applied to politicians as well, obviously, then you are actually admiring the highest extent of the law. You're holding the law accountable to the law, in other words. Who's the law? That's the question. That would be the legislators, the politicians representing us, the politicians we put there to represent us. Guess what they're not doing right now? They're not upholding the law. They're not upholding our rights. Their job is to simply protect our rights, and they're abusing them. They've abused them extensively this year, all over the country, and they're they're at a point right now where they have so much power and there's so much disregard for our voice. They're not re- representing us. They're cheating their way to power. That what are we supposed to do? Civility is not working anymore. Diplomacy only works when there's a negotiated agreement between both parties to do so. To be civil. To respect each other. To understand each, each, each party's role. And to, not over, and to not overstep. That's not happening right now. They're not listening to us. They're not listening to our words. They're not listening to our votes. They're quite literally disregarding and throwing our votes in the trash. What are we to do? Civil disobedience is absolutely necessary, which I know what I'm saying is, is very unpopular right now because everyone's reacting emotionally to the pictures and the images we saw yesterday. But think about this in terms of not just those, those media screenshots. Think about what's actually going on. This has been pent-up anger by American citizens who historically understand what a government when a government stops listening to their voice and their votes atrocity, terror, and tyranny will shortly follow. A little em- a little empathy for people's historical knowledge and fear as a result of that. A little empathy is in order, I think, for that, instead of this emotional reaction. One of my favorite people in world history ever is a man by the name of Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He's a German theologian, a German pastor, um, and Strangely, strangely enough, he's a pacifist. He doesn't believe in violence whatsoever. But he was yet one of the people that attempted to kill Hitler. This is a true story. If you guys haven't seen the movie Valkyrie, I highly encourage you to watch it. It's with Tom Cruise. Great movie. Um, but it's about this plot to kill Hitler, and one of the people represented in the movie was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And at the time, a lot of the German population was unaware of all the atrocities that Hitler was committing in his regime, um, and they thought that the people, like Bonhoeffer and these people, they were viewed as terrorists afterwards. They failed to kill Hitler, obviously, but they were viewed as terrorists so much so that Dietrich Bonhoeffer had to flee Germany, his home, and come to the United States for refuge. For refuge, He felt so guilty for leaving his countrymen behind and basically feeling like a coward after he failed that he went back to Germany to try to do what he could to stand up against the Nazi party. The Nazi party ended up killing him. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be someone that doesn't give a shit what the media says, 
what people that I know are against me say. I want to be the kind of person that does what right, does what's right, even if that means getting a bullet to the head. Which is a lot, and I know I'm not that person right now, but I think that's the kind of person that we all should strive to be at some level. And that's the kind of person that people like Martin Luther King represent, or Diedrich Bonhoeffer, or John Brown, or the Founding Fathers. These people were all seen as terrorists in their day for doing what they did. We look back, hindsight is twenty they they're heroes. Don't make the same mistake that people made back then, calling those people terrorists by calling the people that are willing to stand in harm's way for you, for your freedom even, against these corrupt and wicked politicians. Anyways, there's a lot more I could say to that. So I have a, had a great conversation with my friend Yashka Munyan. We recorded about 40 minutes-ish, I would say. Um, that's coming up next. I hope you guys enjoy. Yashka's a super bright guy, knows what he's talking about, knows his stuff. Um, anyways, yeah, hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Yeah, so I guess we'll get started right away here. All right. Um, yes, sounds good. So for everybody listening, um, this is my friend, Yashka. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, say a little bit of, a little bit about you. Yeah, uh, sure. I'm Yashka, and I'm a freshman at Liberty University, um, majoring in government politics uh, and policy. And um, I've known Mick and his family for quite some time and glad to be on today. Sweet. Um, so you worked for, uh, the, did you work for the Trump campaign or what exactly did you do this summer? Yeah. So, um, once I got to Liberty, um, I've worked a little bit with the Trump campaign, um, and a congressional candidate there, uh, in Virginia's fifth district. Um, so I did some door knocking for them. Uh, and then I did some campaigning in Pennsylvania for, uh, it was the Susan B. Anthony group, uh, which is a basically a single policy group for pro-life. Um, okay. But they were advocating for for President Trump's you know pro-life stance. Um, and then I did some more campaigning with Susan B. Anthony for the Senate race uh, just a few weeks ago down in Georgia. So, okay, sweet, yeah. Um, so, like, how did that? What were people's responses? More than not, like, so when you did the door knocking thing canvassing were you going to like registered republicans houses mostly or was it kind of whoever and what yeah it was it was uh kind of whoever so they had um a lot of times they would update the they had an app that we can use and so we'd go to just registered voters um houses republican and democrat um a lot of the areas that i was working in uh, the neighborhoods were predominantly uh republican i would say um or at least pro-life uh, you had a few people who were pro-life but didn't like Trump, but most people were uh, Republican. And then, you know, the the Democrat here and there. Um, but everyone re- was respectful, you know, even if they disagreed uh, with who we were campaigning for, which yeah, was something that, I didn't expect to see. I was going to say, if, if you were to do that in Madison here, it'd probably be a different story. <laughs> I, I bet, yeah. Okay. You would not get nearly as many respectful responses i guarantee i I guarantee it would be bad (laughs) (laughs) um so let's just talk about yesterday really quickly because i i have so many different thoughts but 
Um, so what are your, like, I guess, initial reactions to watching the news yesterday and watching whatever was going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, violence of, of any sort uh, is wrong. You know, I think uh, the violence that took place in the Capitol by some people uh, was was definitely incorrect and out of line. Um, but I, I don't think taking to the Capitol, you know, to protest um, is bad. I think a lot of the electors inside, you know, need some fear put into them, um, you know, yeah, make the silent majority heard. Um, and so I think that part was good for sure. Um, yeah, there's been so many reports that, that just don't seem to be true, especially from the left, really like weaponizing and, and mobilizing on what happened. Um, I think yeah, it's sad. I think something interesting is, so my my initial thought was, oh no, this isn't going to look good as far as the media goes. But then my second thought is, the media hates conservatives anyways, and they're going to take anything they possibly can, big or small, and twist it into something that it's not to make conservatives look bad and every right. conservative look bad. And they're obviously doing that with this. From what I could tell, um, and I haven't, I've been trying to find different videos and things to see more of what was happening. Um, I didn't see anybody hurting any innocent people. Um, the only thing that I saw that was out of line was them breaking that window and maybe right. decreasing some property, which that's uncalled for. I don't think there's a justification for that in that, in that scenario. Um, but as far as what you said, as far as like striking some fear into these politicians, that's an amazing thing. And I think that's what they accomplished. If not, that's what, if their goal wasn't that, I think they did accomplish that yesterday. I mean, cause you saw this unity between Democrat and Republican um, politicians all of a sudden coming together and being against this. It's like, no, they're, they're not friends at that point. They're both just equally scared. Right. And that's something that I feel like Washington hasn't felt for a long time. And I hope that fear continues in a sense because they've got, they're so out of line. It's like, what do you even do at this point? They're not listening to our votes. They're cheating essentially. And they're not listening to, they're not representing the people that they say they are. So if they're not doing either of those things, um, which are the, is the most basic, their most basic constitutional duty, then what are we, what are the people that they're supposedly representing supposed to do? Just sit back and watch them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't know. Um, and I've been seeing people draw comparisons between Black Lives Matter riots and, and what happened yesterday. And my initial thought is, okay, so Black Lives Matter, number one, the premise of, upon which they were so aggravated is questionable um, as far as the narrative that they were being spun, at least a lot of the supporters. And I would argue that the leaders of the movement know better and they're purposely doing this. I mean, they're, they admitted they're admittedly trained Marxists and postmodernists and all this. So um, they should know better. And they do, I would argue. Um, but again, a lot of the voters and people going out there and even rioting and doing this stuff, whether they were paid or whether they were just drank the Kool-Aid on whatever narrative they're being fed and use their aggression and resentment to go and destroy things. But the thing, what they did, they didn't go after the problem as far as what they thought was the problem would be like, let's say um, city halls or 
police, uh, like sheriffs and police officers and that sort of thing. They didn't go to a police building and storm in there like they did in the Capitol yesterday. They just started going into Target and stealing stuff and burning stuff down or going into Best Buy or going into Macy's or harassing innocent people on the street that are eating lunch outside or like it's, it's, it's oranges and apples comparing the two. Right. Um, And people were saying, Oh, this is white privilege at its finest yesterday as as in comparison to that. Like what if it was black people in here? It's like, number one, there was a lady actually shot in the neck and killed a white lady. So I don't number two, the fact that they're even going to draw comparison between race in this scenario is just shows the root of the problem in the first place, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are my initial thoughts on it, but yeah, that's, that's good. I do think it's important to, uh, you know, draw that distinction. I think, uh, I think it was Candace Owens on Twitter, you know, posted a picture of over the summer, what DC looked like. Um, and yeah, totally different than anything we saw yesterday. Um, but I, I would say the only, you know, one of the biggest problems I had with what they did yesterday um, is I don't think they had a, a definite goal. Like, I don't know how going into the Capitol and like, you know, yes. sitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk is like, you know, it's not going to motivate her to object to the election. Um, again, I, think, I, I, I don't even think that I think they know that they lost the objection or they lost the objections to the to the to the votes to the election um again yeah i think you're right i don't think it was anything planned i think a couple people just started doing it and then a bunch of people followed um which i would argue if they were going to do that plan it yes and have it detailed what you're going to do don't hurt innocent people don't destroy other people's property but it do what you have to do to put some like fear of god into these politicians in a way yeah and, you know, and, and yeah, especially with the, the lady who was shot and killed, you know, I think I don't know exactly what happened. I've been trying to find some more information about that. Um, but if I was going to lose my life, I would definitely want to lose it for an explicit purpose that had a plan um, that wasn't just kind of what I think I'm seeing actually happened yesterday, um, where, you know, you just kind of go in the Capitol and it just seems so random. It. Yeah. I, and, I agree. Which would be, that would be one of my critiques of it. Cause again, I've, I've been, this is something that I, I think I would disagree with a lot of conservatives, even that I've been seeing post that I've like that. I've been reading their posts and whatnot in the last couple of days or last day or two here. Um, there's a lot of people that are saying that political violence is wrong. No matter what violence is wrong, no matter what, et cetera. And a lot of these are the same people that have been essentially calling for a political revolution as far as, let's say, comparing what's going on now to 1776 or the Boston Tea Party or you name it, or even John Brown or whoever it is, Harriet Tubman, any of these people, they compare our fight for freedom right now against these corrupt politicians as arguably the same thing. And we should have a similar response. And that doesn't mean just sitting and, and waving a sign with a cardboard sign with your feelings on it of what you right. believe. Like you have to physically do something at some point. And what that means, I'm not, well, how far you take that right now, I'm not sure. But 
I think the, like I saw someone tweet yesterday, the same people that encouraged me to fight today uh, essentially went back and uh, are condemning me for fighting. And I think that's true. I would agree with that. I mean, I'm sure that's not a popular opinion right now, but, and again, yesterday I, it didn't look good as far as like, you're right. It's, it was very unorganized and I don't really know what their goal it was as far as what they were doing in there. I think some of it was kind of funny. them that dude sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a great picture. <laughs> it's a great picture. Yeah. And people were saying, Oh, that's so disrespectful. And it's like, listen, these politicians don't deserve our respect right now at all. They deserve to be disrespected a little bit. Um, they're not innocent people like the people black lives matter. They're not like, I would have much rather seen them burn down the cap. I'm not saying I advocating for that, but I, I would have much rather seen them burn down the Capitol than burn down a small business in this scenario. Sure. sure. And I don't know. It's, it's what it's, it's, it puts conservatives in a, in a tight spot. Really anybody that cares about that's not a radical leftist in this scenario, essentially. And that cares about freedom because we're not getting anywhere with boats or they're not representing our voice and our opinions. They're quite literally selling us off to foreign interests. Yes. Um, they're stealing our money and funding things, even in this country that are absolutely reprehensible to most of the people that whose money they're taking turns out you can go down the list. I mean, there's more than enough viable reason to to engage in civil civil disobedience and insurrection in a way. Um, I mean, there's so many historical examples of that. Even I mentioned this in a previous podcast, even Henry Thoreau, he stopped paying his taxes because he didn't want to give his money to a government that was in support of slavery at the time. And he they threw him in jail for it. And he was mm-hmm. like, go ahead. That's fine. I accept the consequences. And we need more of that attitude, which one good positive of yesterday is I think we saw more of that attitude yesterday from people. Yeah. And whether you people agree with the tactics or not, I think especially conservatives, there needs to be some sort of recognition of, of that attitude and that will to just whatever consequences come, we're going to fight for not only our freedom, but everybody else's. And that sometimes it looks ugly. It's not the answer people like, but you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely get get what you're saying. And I think, um, you know, the Democrats, all of us conservatives, you know, we, we know they have double standards and, and how corrupt they are right. and all the bad that they do. But I think a lot of the frustration from a lot of conservatives has, especially recently, has just been like exclusively for these Republicans. You know, I was talking with someone yesterday. Um, people across the country have donated, you know, millions of dollars collectively have worked thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of hours campaigning for these people, uh, to get in office because, you know, they, they say they'll do the right thing and then they get in there and they don't even represent their constituents at all. You know, Kelly Leffler was the perfect example yesterday of a spineless person, you know, oh, I can't in good faith, uh, object to the election after what happened in the Capitol. What does that have to do with, with like the, the reason they're there doing what they were doing is because you're not objecting. It's because you're not objecting. Right. Right. I know exactly. And you know, I, I don't want, it's cowardly. 
Ab- absolutely. Uh, you know, I don't want Leffler and Purdue. You know, I don't want Osoff and Warnock, their opponents in the Senate. But at least from the Democrats, conservatives, you know, will know how they vote. They always vote together and they'll always right. always vote the right way. But Republicans, it's like, you know, 50 50. Are they going to vote this way or that way? Yeah. And, and uh, I think that kind of comes back to that that feeling or this this attitude of all talk no action based off of how scared people really are about acting number one i think the main fear especially with political figures and and conservatives is oh no what is the media going to do how are they going to paint this i'm going to look like a traitor i'm going to look treasonous i'm going to look like a terrorist and again if we look back in history most of the people, especially in American history, that we look up to and admire, what they were doing at the time that we admire them for, they were seen as terrorists. They were seen as reprobates. They were seen as bad people of problems in society. And now we look back and we're like, oh, yeah, they saved us. And people, especially public figures like Loeffler and Pence, it's like they just completely forgot that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, they... Um, the courage yeah. is just is uh you know it's totally lacking and i think thank thank goodness we had four years of of trump because i don't think there's anyone else you know who would have had that kind of courage and after seeing oh, someone yeah. have that courage um the disappointment is even greater in all of these you know so-called republicans uh who said they'd be courageous and when it came down to it they weren't in the slightest i mean they had no bravery and no courage and completely fell flat on their face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, what do we do now? Cause, and like you said, there's so many people, they not only donated all their time and went out and voted and, you know, educated themselves on what to vote on and who to vote for. They donated their money. Not only that, but everyone's tax dollars are going to, to fund these people and their salaries and their families. And there's 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 too much on the line for our for our voice not to be recognized and represented, is the point. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. Especially right now. Um, especially when we have so many politicians who and I've been doing more of kind of a series on Marxism and how that led to postmodernism and all this other stuff, kind of right in the middle of that with this podcast. And one thing I've been learning a lot is that these ideologues that are committed to this they're everywhere today. They're in our government. They have legislative power. And when that's so prevalent, we don't have any time to lose as far as these people that say they're going to represent us and standing up against it. And then they don't like Loeffler yesterday or whoever it might be. There's so many examples of this lately. Um, it's frustrating. And I feel like in, in some sense, the uh, Republicans storming the Capitol yesterday were storming the Capitol because of other Republicans. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it is paradox, but it's it's where we're at right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I was listening to I can just real quick, uh, Senator or uh, Congressman Cawthorn, excuse me, um, who I think has has some great potential in Congress. He was talking about um, you know yesterday was a great display of the failure of, of the two party system, um, and I, I think. Moving forward, the Republicans, you know, those who actually want to fight and be courageous, um, you know, it's going to take a lot of time. But 
it's it's like a new party's emerging. Like, are you a Trump supporting Republican or are you a Mitt Romney, John McCain, uh, Mitch McConnell type Republican? And yeah. I think I think, uh, I think something interesting. Uh, there's a there's some quote by I think it was John Adams. He said something along the lines of the two party system is essentially where the greatest political evil will happen. Um, I'm totally paraphrasing that quote, but um, I think that's true. And that was definitely represented yesterday and whatever happened yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's nuts, man. I was going to say something. Just lost my train of thought for a second. Um, Oh yeah. So something interesting that I was thinking about too is people are comparing it to what happened this summer with black lives matter and the riots Republicans and Democrats are comparing it for opposite reasons. Something interesting though, is black lives matter says they're the reason that they are burning stuff down and attacking innocent people and interrogating people and whatever they were doing this summer, all the stuff it's because they're mad at the state. They're mad at a an, an overreaching government essentially. What happened yesterday was they were mad at these politicians, their voice not being represented in Washington. So they're, again, they're mad at an overreaching government. So there's a common denominator, which is an interesting common denominator because both sides are direct uh, ideological enemies in a way. Yeah. And there's one common denominator that it's almost like they can team up and take down, which is a strange, I never thought I would say that before. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a great point that I haven't heard anyone make, but that that's really interesting to uh to consider yeah it's like i don't know what to make of it because i detest everything that these like neo-marxist black lives matter people represent and are doing and standing for um but it's like the enemy in my right now it's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend in a sense um and i don't know i don't know what that means for conservatives or even myself, as far as how I view this, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, I think black lives matter, uh, could be seen kind of as the progressive, like Democrats, you know, the, the progressives, uh, like AOC, they want to get things done, uh, right, right away, you know, right now today. And Pelosi just kind of, I think their ultimate goals, Pelosi's ultimate goal and, and AOC's are kind of the same. Uh, but Pelosi just wants to take a small, you know, slower approach, you know, turn the heat up on the boiling frog over yeah. time. And AOC wants to do it right away. I think Black Lives Matter kind of wants to buck the whole system and start over right away. Um, and I think some people on the right are starting to go like the system yeah. that we have now <laughs> is broken um, and we need to get back to the Constitution. And I think they're trying to take the more slow approach to it. Um, but I think you can probably draw the comparison that the end goals are pretty similar uh, between Black Lives Matter and I think, us. You know? Yeah, and I think that uh, something interesting there is the slow approach versus the fast approach is what does that even look like at this point? Like, because a slow approach isn't working when our representatives aren't paying attention to us or aren't working with us or working with the other side even. And... I'm not advocating for necessarily violent revolution right now or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like, I, and this is something interesting about black lives matter. 
So they want to overthrow the system because they think the system isn't giving them enough. It's about overthrowing the current system and giving the system that they set up in place more power, which is weird, which is why I would detest them for doing that. Whereas conservatives want to do the exact opposite. They want to take away federal power and give it more back to the people because they feel like, again, and we're clearly not being represented. We clearly don't have power anymore. Like we, like we should. Um, And I think yesterday was like an assault on that idea that we don't have any power and we want it back. Um, Yeah. So when black lives matter says they, they essentially want to engage in Marx's like Karl Marx's idea of bloody revolution the proletariat versus bourgeoisie kind of overthrow of the quote rich capitalist oppressive system, which is completely different than what conservatives are wanting to do, which is why conservatives didn't attack any innocent people yesterday, which is why they went right to the politician's front door. Yeah. And what black lives matter does is the opposite. That's why they attack innocent people. Cause they think anyone benefiting under the system is evil. Therefore, we can attack small businesses because they're benefiting under this capitalist system because the system itself is oppressive. So if you're if you're any sort of a beneficiary beneficiary of it, let's say you're a manager at Target or you're just a white person at large eating lunch outside, minding your own business, you're a problem. You're that's white privilege. You're not feeling our pain. Which is com- the complete opposite of what happened yesterday. Right. Um but again, their enemy is the same enemy for different reasons, but their enemy is the same enemy right now. Um, yeah, no doubt. So what? it's like, what tactic do you take? I guess is the question there. Yeah, and, and I, I do think it is important. You know, I think Black Lives Matter wants to, to buck and overthrow the system. Like, Constitution goes out the window and we start a new deal. Um, right. Whereas conservatives, we, we want to buck the current system we, we have because it's not constitutional and we exactly. want to go back to what yep. the framers had. And, and that's, I think the biggest distinction, um, you know, and so I guess in that aspect, the end goals are definitely different in that regard, but they're still generally the same, same sort to, uh, to say what, what we have doesn't work and it's time that things change. Um, and I don't know, we've tried to take constitutional approach for a long time. And I like you said, it, it doesn't I work. That, uh, it hasn't been working. Yeah. And I, Going on that, I wish that uh, these leftists would be more willing to sit down and talk right now, especially. Yes. Um, Because just, I mean, what was it? Not even a month ago, month ago, two months ago, whenever it was, they were, these same people that are condemning what happened yesterday were the ones that are saying, we're going to burn down the whole system. They were literally saying they're going to burn down the Capitol. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing their work for them right now. <laughs> right. So why are they mad at it? Uh, they should be like clapping right now. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? If they're gonna be consistent. But that just shows that they don't really care about overthrowing a system. They just care about overthrowing a system that conservatives aren't also wanting to overthrow because if they help conservatives do this, then that's the end game. They lose their own game. Because again, it's oppressor versus oppressor. You're helping the oppressor class if you do that, as they see us. Which is yeah. really, which it defeats their own purpose. Then, in a sense, it's like self-defeating, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like when I saw that yesterday, I was like, "Why are all these Black Lives Matter people mad right now?" 
because this is exactly what they said they were going to do and they just didn't have the balls to do it and now we're doing it and now they're mad at all of us calling us terrorists us is in the general republican conservative consensus um it doesn't make any sense to me it's i was just i was reading those posts yesterday i was just like what is like what kind of world we live in right now yeah yeah what a time to be alive right i mean it's uh i you know i'm kind of a a nerd when it comes to to like constitution and and sort of political processes and i'm like what a better time to be alive you know you get to live through seeing how an impeachment plays out in in person and you know all. all of these objections yeah it was really uh really neat at least to see on that aspect obviously disappointed to see the results of of yesterday but uh i feel like this year i guess one positive of this year is i'm sure there's a like a hell of a lot more people that actually learn how our government works yes Um, no doubt if they paid any including myself yeah yeah um and because i I know there's a lot of people including including myself like i mean I, i know generally speaking how things ought to work and how they operate and the roles of each positions but like as far as a lot of the specifics that happened this year and all the especially with the election and like okay it didn't go through this now it's going to go through this and this like i didn't know any of those steps as much or which is important to know especially with something like this this year but it's like now we know so yes now that we know in the future we can recognize when people are trying to buck the system and cheat because we know how it's actually supposed to operate and we saw it right. operate poorly this year um very poorly so hopefully in the future which we'll see what the next four years has for us which frankly i'm not too hopeful but um (laughs) hopefully at least some people start to wake up and like oh yeah that's why this that's why these checks and balances are important or that's why the constitution is so important that's what these conservatives have been trying to say this whole time um yeah we'll see but um i have so one more question for you here um in light of the election not getting certified yesterday, um, how do you think conservatives and Republicans could, or conservatives and Republicans, conservatives and Republicans, yeah, that seems to be a line that we're drawing actually lately. But yeah, yeah, um, I'm happy to, I'm happy to go with that line because it's true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, Republicans and Democrats, and this is just speaking of not the radicals on each side the general consensus i would say what like dave portnoy said said yesterday there's like 95 percent rational people that are in the middle and then there's the five percent that are split between both sides the radicals like you could even put the marxists and the the black lives matter organizers and these crazy politicians there and their loyal followers that are like committed blogs um but most people aren't that and then but those small groups they are so loud people think that it represents everybody and it doesn't um so and the media likes to play off that small group and then obviously look at the news yesterday that's exactly what's happening so anyways so how do you think that conservatives and republicans in light of that can come together um yeah i think uh i think it's going to be pretty pretty hard uh i i you know both both sides uh condemned the violence yesterday um which was a difference by the way between conservatives and and democrats democrats well 
yeah, I guess Democrats never really condemned at all the Black Lives Matter protests over the summer and conservatives immediately were condemning any violence that was happening yesterday. Some of them being a little too far on, on their condemnation, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, I really think it's, it's hard. It's sad, but, um, one side, you know, literally wants to buck the system. They want to pass these progressive, uh, policies. They want to, to ram through just crazy things, you know, a bunch of high taxes, a bunch of social issues. Um, you know, a lot of their policies are all things that shouldn't be handled by the federal government. And it's like basically everything that they're trying to go for, uh, is against, is against conservative values. Um, and, you know, I think they can, they can probably come together, um, on a few issues here and there. Um, but I think in, in general, there's really not much moving forward that they can come, come together on. Um, and I think it's going to make a, a hard thing, you know, over the next couple of years, at least until the midterms, uh, because if the Democrats have a blue book, uh, they're, I think they're going to go pretty progressive. And, uh, I don't think there's much conservatives are going to be able to do to try well, and sway the, some of their guys to our side. Yeah. That's a scary thing that that's a good point. Cause that's a scary thing is, at least in Washington and the policymakers and legislators, the democratic party, the line has been, and this is something I've noticed about conservatives generally conservatives. The whole idea is maintaining it's almost maintaining a status quo, that status quo being the line, the constitution draws. Um, so historically speaking, conservatives haven't really gone much. They've been pretty much the same for a long time. The line hasn't moved much. Yeah look at the left though they don't have an objective line they don't believe in an objective line at all so it's continually moving more left progressive we're progressive yeah. we're for progress like this is their thing um really what that means is we will do anything we can to buck the system regardless of whether it actually progresses us forward in a good way we just want to change it because we think everything's bad with the system we think capitalism in the west western culture and uh, Judeo-Christian values and you go down the list we think it's all bad they even they think even having discussion with such people is bad and you're you're admitting defeat yeah um, and which is why you see them storming college campuses and not letting people talk because they don't even believe in letting people talk in the first place um, and you see this represented in Washington obviously those crazy people on college campuses they're a small percentage but the point is that small percentage is represented large-scale on a legislative level in the democratic party, the democratic party is no longer classically liberal. It's not the party of JFK anymore. In other words. So yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so the, as far as in Washington, I don't think there's any chance. I mean, if, especially if Republicans keep conceding to these people and letting them have their way, um, like what happened yesterday, then there's no chance of getting along with these people. But I, I think my, my thought is more like between voters, between citizens, because obviously that, that radical percent, small percent is such a small percent. It doesn't represent most people. Most people, they don't even actually know what they're voting for. They don't, they just see black lives matter and they think, Oh, we want to help black people. That's it. That's as far as the thought process goes. And then they think, Oh, if people don't like black lives matter, they must not want to help black people. They're bad. That's a, that's as far as their thinking goes, which is very shallow. 
but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they have bad intent. That doesn't mean that they're radical, like the movement that they're following. That they're following, they just don't know. They're misinformed. So, um, I think there's so many people that conservatives right now, especially because our politicians are letting us down, their politicians are letting them down. That's some common ground. Like mm-hmm. we're both getting just screwed over right now, essentially. So let's sit down and talk about why we're both getting screwed over. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Cause again, I, it's so hard with these people cause they're, they're so conditioned to not listen to conservatives and to just shut us up and they don't want to have a dialogue. And a lot of conservatives want to have a dialogue. That's kind of how our whole worldview is, is negotiated understanding. And I don't know. It's <laughs> I'm kind of rambling. Right yeah. Now. It's like, I've been, th- I was thinking about that yesterday, but yeah, I, there's, I'd say the number one thing uh, that personally I'm passionate about, especially moving forward in, in my hopeful life is, uh, is the church and the church's involvement, you know, with COVID, um, there have been so many pastors who have just, we're going to close the doors to church and, yeah, uh, yep. you know, you guys can live stream us and, uh, we'll, we'll be closed for, I don't know, the foreseeable future, maybe forever. Um, and so I think a way to, to get some of these people on the left is, is first the church. I mean, everyone has a religious inclination and they're so, you know, black lives matter or, uh, whatever the issue is, has become their religion. And, you know, I respect yeah, the passion that they point. have uh, behind their cause. You know, if if a Christian conservatives, you know, Catholics, Protestants, whatever, if they had the kind of passion that we've been seeing out of people from the left, serious change, I think, uh, would be happening. But there's too many pushovers and too many squishes uh, in the church who, you know, they don't want to get their hands dirty uh, in politics, they don't want to say something that'll, you know, uh, ruffle the feathers of some of their church members. Um, so they just kind of keep the peace and, you know, give you a, a fluffy prosperity gospel type message and, you know, move on with it. And I think if we had some people actually getting in in the mud and like talk about the issues from a biblical Christian worldview uh, in the church, it would actually help things a lot. And yeah, I also think the tail off that they got to, you know, conservatives have to do some damage control with the media because that's where I think a lot of the bad stuff happens, especially people my age. You know, I see um, the white girls on on Instagram and Twitter, you know, all of a sudden being policy experts on race relations uh, because change or impact or whatever page they follow. Because people you know, don't like put their fancy hashtags and, and essentially preach them these not so accurate meta narratives about what's going on and yeah you're right (laughs) right and you know one of my professors uh said that you know whoever controls the flow of information uh will control your judgment and i think that's absolutely true especially at some at some point and that's that's what's happening and conservatives have just been trusting fox news way too much and and that kind of thing but i think they've they've got to start their own sort of media and at, at bare minimum, in personal relationships, they've got to do damage control. And if someone that you're friends with who's on the left says something that's patently untrue, uh, question them on it. Don't just let them get away with, with saying lies because uh, that's only going to make things worse and right. you know further embolden them. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that's all true. And I think one th- 
I guess one thought, one first thought there is um, Christians are so apathetic to politics, which I understand in a sense why. But then at the same time, I'm like, if anybody shouldn't be, it should be Christians because you guys understand why this is important. I mean, politics is just policy that's going to affect you and everyone around you. And that matters because people matter, which is a, yeah. a central and it that matters because individuals matter, which is the core, a core tenant of a Judeo-Christian worldview. And mm-hmm. if you're not applying that to what's going on now, then I don't know what churches are doing essentially like i don't get why they're scared then to i mean i get why they're scared because they don't want to be seen as they don't want to take a hard stance on something they don't want to be right. seen as anti-black people because we don't like black lives matter or they don't want to be seen as anti-gay because we're going to stand up for what the the bible has to say about this what we believe in our christian t- in our christian tradition when if you that's like it's cowardly it would be cowardly for right. any group of people to do that with whatever they believe if they're going to be committed to something, commit to it. And uh, anyway, so that's one thought. Um, and I think you're right about the flow of information. And I think it's hard for conservatives right now to, I mean, there's a lot of conservatives trying to do it, whether it's like Ben Shapiro with the Daily Wire, Stephen Crowder with his thing, um, Tim Pool. Um, I mean, even not even just conservatives, just classical, classically liberal people like Tim Pool or Joe Rogan or whoever it might be they're doing that. And I think there's a lot of people doing it successfully, but then there's a lot of it's, there's a lot of people that struggle to actually reach the people that need to be reached. Because I feel like what happens with a lot of those forums is it's just an echo chamber of people that are already wanting to go and listen to that anyways. And then the people that actually need to be reached and are buying these broad stroke neo-Marxist meta narratives about what's going on in the world, like what black lives matter is doing. They're not be they're It's going over their heads essentially. Um, yeah, and they don't want to listen to us. That's the problem. It's like, how do you talk to someone that doesn't want to talk? Which is, I feel like, why conservatives get so frustrated with these people because it's like we don't see them as the enemy, as the voters. We see the the radical ideologues and these politicians as the enemies, which is why we did what we did yesterday. We don't see mm-hmm. them as the enemy. We didn't go and attack Target. We didn't go and attack Macy's. We didn't go and attack their neighborhoods, even though we strongly disagree with these people on almost everything. We don't yeah. see them as and- the enemy. They're the, 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 the what people I just named before are the enemy, which is opposite of what they believe. They believe that we're the enemy, the people, the common voters. They think all of us are as a collective because they don't see it right. as individuals. They see us as one big group. Um, so right. it's like, how do you reach those people? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, um, you know, I try and talk to a, a lot of people They're even at Liberty, you know, Liberty's kind of the the Christian beacon, I guess, a conservative Christian beacon of, of a campus. Um, but Black Lives Matter really brought out the liberal uh, people on campus. And, oh, I'm and sure. There's a lot more liberals there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more liberals there than I guess uh, I expected to see. But I- I'm glad they're there because, uh, you know, they, they help refine our conservative views. Um, but it's like you, you talk with some of these people. And I think that's where most of the change has to happen is talking to them in person um, and just just being civil with them and talking uh, about issues, um, especially worldview uh, issues, because I think a lot of people grew up, you know, Catholic or Lutheran or, or whatever, and have some kind of worldview that way and kind of showing them how they're 
their worldview. You know, if you guys are are Christian or if you're religious in this way, how do you view this as being okay? You know, I think right. abortion is a, is a main one. But the problem I've noticed and I've run into is when I've talked to people like that, as soon as they start getting like pressured on what they believe and seem to start faltering and not being able to give an answer, they'll just take the, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll agree to disagree. Um, and I don't really like politics that much. So let's just talk about something else, you know, like sports or whatever. That's, that's okay. But they just want to like, they don't want to ever answer for what they believe. And yeah, then they just cop up. And not really yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like if you're going to post that and share it on Instagram, please be ready to be held accountable. You know, I, if I ever share something, I want to be held accountable and, and I'm happy to defend and give an answer to exactly. what I said or what I believed, uh, but that's not the same with them. And I think that makes it really hard yeah, like, to try and talk to them. You got to have the attitude of, if you post something and you share your opinion, if you're not welcoming people's response and disagreement, then why are you posting it in the first place? And yeah. what's something right. I notice about people that are like more apathetic towards this stuff, like that's fine. You don't have, you, not everyone has to care about the same thing. I get that, but I I often see people that say like what you said, and then they go on and then they trash this, the opposing view as if they're in any way educated about their own opinion. When the, every time they're asked about it, they just write it off, and they're like, "Well, it's I don't know," or they they don't ever go into a specifics, and you can tell they're not studied in what they're actually talking about. They don't understand the history of what they're talking about. They don't understand the policies, whatever it might be. I run into that a lot with people and it's like, mm-hmm. it's like you can't have a conversation with, it's like, that's something I've noticed with a lot of trying to reach, which is one reason I even started this podcast. Cause I have so many different, I know so many different people and like different friends that are more on the left, but like they're in that group where it's like, they don't actually know why they're on the left. They just are because they think that's good. And they think that that's caring about black people and poor people and mm-hmm. gay and gay people or whoever it might be. And they don't understand what's actually being represented um, and the like radical ideologies that are fueling all of this stuff, um, which can tell you a lot about the, the narrative and the real agenda and the results of everything. But anyways, the, a lot of these people, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast um, is to like go back to the basics with this stuff, because it's like, how do you catch people up to speed at this point? Mm-hmm. People that don't know these people that are misinformed or just uninformed, if anything. Um, right. It's like, how do you catch, there's so much they're behind on. Like so much has happened. It's like, okay, you got to start from the big, start from the beginning. That's going to take a while. So <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's that's, I think that's where a lot of conservatives get frustrated. It's like, okay, that's why you hear the ter- term libtard all the time or, which I don't like that kind of stuff because it's like, they're attacking the wrong enemy if they're going to say that stuff. If you're talking about the politicians, sure. If you're talking about the voters, that's not how you're going to reach people. So Yeah, right. I, I agree. Um, yeah. Um, and again, they're not the enemy. You, people always, conservatives have to keep that in mind. They're not the enemy. The voters are not the enemy. And uh, the one tricking them is the enemy, in other words. Mm-hmm. So the one being tricked isn't the enemy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like a lot of conservatives, I'm sure, get frustrated because of that. And they are 
in this spot where it's like, well, these people are just too, too dumb to understand anyway. So I'm not even going to try when it's not that they're too dumb. It's just, they're misinformed or they're uninformed. And the, there's clearly their side's not going to inform them. They're the ones that are tricking them in a lot of ways. So we have yeah. to do it. Like it's, it's who else is going to do it if we don't. It's I, the, I agree. The, the story there. And, and to one of the points you made about, um, you know, they see the left as, as caring for black people, taking care of the poor, the needy, the gay people, all of that stuff. That is a direct result of a failure of the church over the past few decades. Yep. You know, it's the church's job to take care of the least among us. And uh, since the church has been failing at that, I think a lot of people um, who would identify the themselves as religious, yeah, they, they become socialists. Well, if the church won't, then the government will. Um, and I've even seen that now. It's like, you know, someone in, in your church has a need. It's like, ah, instead of us helping them, there's a subsidy over here. Why don't you just go ahead and take care of that? It's like, there might be a subsidy there, but take care of their issue first. Don't just sit back and I'll pray for them. And, uh, you know, prayer, prayer is great, uh, but that doesn't pay the bills every month and that doesn't put food on the table necessarily yeah. every time. So yeah. you, you got to help in the physical aspect too. And, you know, I think if, if the church became more involved, it wouldn't solve, definitely wouldn't solve all these problems, but I think it would start to solve some things if they were to just like take a stand and uh, do their job, do what we're prescribed to do. And especially uh, now, yeah. And especially right now with all this COVID stuff going on, it's like a good, great opera, like doors wide open for that right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that yeah. are having problems for a right. lot of different reasons. Yeah. Whether it's yeah, people are, or financial problems, businesses being closed, whatever it is, like yeah, wide open door. Instead, we have to and, going right along with it and closing along with them. It's like, come on, like, <laughs> oh yeah. And a lot of people are, you know, the, as you know, the depression is rising. A lot of people are at home uh, by themselves. You know, their politicians are failing them. Uh, they don't have other people to look to. And you know, what better time to try and and get people win them over for Christ? Um, but that's, that's not been the case for the church. It's just been to sit back, be quiet. No, and, they want to look like political enemies. They're making the same mistakes that these Republican politicians are making largely where they're scared about what the media, again, the media that's going to talk bad about you, no matter what you do, because they already don't like you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're already right. a piece of your enemy. <laughs> so why are we dictating our actions based off of what they're going to say about us? Right. Um, whether it's for you, are talking about the church, whether you're talking about you know, the Republican Party or conservatives at large, or even liberals that aren't these radicals that are more, that are being misrepresented by the radicals through their party. Um, They're in a lot of, they're largely in the same boat now. I mean, how many, how many conservatives have you, or how many liberals have you seen now all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, now I'm a conservative. Now I'm a Republican. Mm -hmm. It's not that they changed that much. It's that the line on their party went so far the other way that they don't have a choice anymore. They're like, I'm not going that far. Like Dave Rubin, for example. Um, yes. I mean, there's so many of those people. But yeah, man, I don't know. All right, we're about at the 50-minute mark here. Um, I guess any any closing thoughts? Any, I guess, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you or see what you're doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks for, for having me on. It's It's been a pleasure. Um, my social media, my Instagram um is yashka underscore m um i don't use twitter too much anymore and probably won't for a little while especially after yesterday and yeah i i just, I, I 
I'm so tired of seeing things there. Probably a good um, move. Yeah. Um, my Facebook is is Yash Um Yeah, that's that's yeah, what kind of I'll people you find it too for sure. So when I post this, yeah, that'd be but. that'd be perfect. And uh, thanks for thanks for the podcast you do too. I I love the the name. The logo is great. Um, I've listened Thank to you. you know some of the work you do, and uh, you're you're taking over that uh, that media aspect that uh, we we talked about a little bit. And um, I don't know. I'm yeah, I think I'm it's hopeful to, to do, for sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Especially with you know all the technology and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's so easy. So. Um, yeah, I appreciate the time. Definitely, man. All right. Well, thank you for having, thank you for coming on for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah.